Hello, good evening, and welcome to what I think is now the third, is it, Transatlantic? Transatlantic uh, Sunday night breakdown on a Monday. We'll blame it on the. Uh, we'll blame it on time zones. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's Sunday night somewhere, um, even though it's not. Uh, Dave, how is Philadelphia treating you? First of all, yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it actually. It's um, it's it's a weird kind of place. It's kind of a bit blue collar. Mm. Um, I obviously couldn't work out how to get an Uber, so I ended up walking about three miles to the arena, watched them get hammered by Brooklyn. Mm. Um, went down to one of the subway stations, turned around straight away, walked out again, didn't like the look of that. No. Um, but um, no, it's, it's good, it's, it's nice. They didn't line you up for center, they're a bit thin on the ground at the minute, lacking a center. No, they are very thin on the ground, but no, they didn't. But I got myself well, I was center of the, the private box. So well, I did. You <laughs> the box did look mightily impressive, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, this is apparently you know all the tickets were they didn't have a ticket they could give us, so they had to mm. put us in one of the boxes with the, the fresh prawns, which apparently here are known as shrimp. I got told off. There you go, yeah. And um, you know, and the, and the Philly cheese steaks, and then that it was it was a, it was a battle. Now you see the other the other the, the other week there was somebody who was concerned in the comments, and I forgot to ask as to whether you'd got your dessert uh that was obviously you, a virtue motors but uh here i'm guessing you got something more lavish yeah i mean i've yeah I, i've got some feedback to go back to newcastle with That's probably <laughs> i don't imagine he's got anybody paying the amount for a corporate ticket at the arena no. pays for that box pays mm. um but um but yeah it was um yeah it's cool it's it's nice it's nice just just it's you know expanding horizons is always good seeing yeah, other things yeah, yeah, yeah. you see things i mean i still can't get away from the mascot dodgeball game at half time yeah so okay. me you got five mascots against five kind of local 13 year olds and they're playing dodgeball on the court nice you know I mean, that, you know but just just the, the 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 innovation that they have here you know yeah yeah, yeah. i just like that you've now elevated from prawn sandwiches to shrimp sandwiches yeah you? shrimp sandwiches yeah <laughs> but got all of that stuff <laughs> Oh man, the, I mean, the pretzels are enormous. It's they are like... enormous. You do get a big pretzel. Uh, shall we talk some basketball? Some proper oh, basketball. Yeah, None of this NBA nonsense. Um, actually, no. Before, before you, before you get, well, before we yeah. just cut off the NBA nonsense for a second, um, I got a tub to thump briefly because um, we had one of our kids playing the NBA this week, and I've been watching them. Well, he did indeed. Yes. You know, and I say our kids. I say that with a, with a slight paternalism because he's from North Shields. Um, and he's got a 10 day contract and Memphis have no players at all, but you know, he, they signed him. He's played that 12 rebounds in the garden last night. Um, and he's playing, he's playing New York on Tuesday night, Boston last night. Um, and it's just, I think, I think I'm right in saying he's the first, um, NBA player from this country to, to, to actually go through the, the pathway in this country without going over to high school first in America. Mm, that it sounds like a plausible. Sounds yeah, think, like a probable. Yeah, you look at, yeah. Yeah, you look at uh, John and I think he went over to high school. They go to prep school first, mm. generally. Mm. Um, and um, to do it, you know, through basically what we have up here is it's just it's a source of immeasurable pride. Mm. It shows that you know it can be done. Now, there's lots of things about it. And as I say, the the, the reality is that. Um, if we didn't have the program we had up here, he wouldn't have started ever playing. Mm. 
program we have up here is not responsible for him getting to where he got to. No, That's no, no, him. no. But the reality, but without the visibility and the ability to get kids in the gym first, um, the whole thing fails. And this mm. is where everything has to be better in this country. It, it, it you know, the, the talent, the coach, the, the youth coaching is there. The talent is there, but the structure to get kids playing and not to lose them to other sports. Because Tozan was a sportsman, various different sports. He could have played various different sports. If he'd lived in um, one of the towns around this country whereby there isn't a, a basketball program, he wouldn't be playing basketball. Mm. He wouldn't be in the NBA. And that's the reach that the um, that the, the governing bodies in this country have to have to establish better mm. and, and they don't do a good job of it Let's be blunt this summer that that very program that, that was put in, a bespoke program that was put in place because he's a kid who went to the primary school in Newcastle the private school Royal Grammar School in Newcastle um, and the Eagles had done a, a special agreement with Basketball England basically to say that they could and bring in kids from different schools to play in the EABL because the EABL mm. is a for those who don't know it's a um academic league so it's based around colleges so you have Barking Abbey, My School, whatever. And um, the difficulty is that there are like three or four different colleges in our area, and um, Tozan wasn't going to go to any of them. He was going to stay at the Royal Grammar School where he's got an education which has took him to Princeton and a degree in economics. Yeah, 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 yeah. The there's absolutely no way in the world that his dad's moving him out of um, that school no, to, go no. to, to go to Newcastle College because they're linked to the Eagles. So what the Eagles did was do, you know, basically agree with Basketball England, a, a bespoke programme which allowed them to, to enter the ABL so he could be spotted when he was spotted at Loughborough when they um, were getting hammered by um, Charnwood. Mm. And the Princeton assistant coach came over and saw him, and and uh, for that game, and this summer the it, basketballing just basically wiped that out and said no. Um, we did agree that in the past, but we don't agree that now. And um, by the way, we're going to um get rid of all your um scores because we think you're breaking the rules, which they hadn't because they had an agreement that they could do it the right way. I'm going to take all the stats away from all the players who played because you've got different people from different academic institutions attending, and it was rubbish. Mm. It was utter rubbish, and I know this. I'm, I'm, I know they haven't got a right of reply here because this is what it is. But I was involved in some of the correspondence which went back and forward, and then they were, and further to that, and eventually they allowed the stats to continue. And the games, the, the games didn't matter because Newcastle had won enough games, so it didn't really matter. Um, but then, um, and it's, this isn't just on New, this isn't just Newcastle. Um, the they did a recalculation of the whole ABL situation. Mm. Reduced the amount of schools, reduced the amount of programs available, took a program away from Canterbury and Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done fantastic work with young players. Took a program, took a program away from, from Newcastle. So basically the northeast and the southeast. Mm. Um just you know, you you we're not gonna um put you on the on the talent athlete scheme anymore. And basically they did that at the same time as Tozan Woman is is getting a job in the G League and playing in the NBA Summer League. A kid who, by his very pathway, would not have been here mm. if that if the position that they took this summer had been there five years ago. Yeah, and it's just not good enough. You know, the, the, there has to be an ability to widen, not constrict. You know, and I'm not, and I say this from from a, a slightly biased perspective in Newcastle, because and obviously with a great point to point, great point to make, simply because of what Tozan's accomplished, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. free. 
yeah, yeah. What, what we did with them. Um, but it shouldn't have happened in Canterbury. We shouldn't be in a situation where the only elite um, basketball colleges in this country are, are kind of south of the Pennines. Or um, my school is the closest one. I suppose as, as as nobody is here to push back, and, and I have relatively limited knowledge, although a slightly vested interest at in this current moment in time. Yeah, um, the, I suppose that there is an argument that I've seen being made, and I don't know how true it is, that, that actually um, you end up with disparity if you get too wide a pool, and actually we should be, I, I we should be getting the the very best against the very best. And, oh, it's, and a strong, I, yeah, it's a proper argument but that then the question is well hang on a minute you know are we doing this for talent development or are we doing this for other things because if you ultimately if you remove the the pathway that the one player who's yeah, come out yeah, of this yeah. country in the last 15 years who's get to get to the nba now i mean through through that pathway yeah you remove that opportunity you're you're actually restricting yeah, yeah, yeah. and so whilst i understand the sentiment and i don't i don't necessarily push back against it you can't it doesn't become elite if it's too wide by definition um what i don't understand is that the, the the lack of geographical understanding yeah 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 of, of, of the situation it's just nuts it's wrong that a kid from um newcastle should be told you ought to give up your 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 education to move to a, a far academically um a lower academic standard college mm continue the opportunity to be seen by someone from Princeton. Yeah. And I know there's the argument, oh, well, they'll be seen anyway. It doesn't matter if you're good enough to be seen. You know it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You know, you have to be the same. I, mean, uh, I, I, I spoke to Roe about it, and the fact that he lived in the far far reaches of Plymouth yeah. was a challenge for him to get to 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 to, to college. And and so to me, you know, there, there there needs to be a better understanding of good practice, and there needs to be a, a far more flexible way forward. And this, and, and and I'll be fair, this is not something I haven't said to various high up people at Basketball England in a four hour meeting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm not broadside or blindsiding people here. These were representations that have been made, and they were made before these decisions were made, and they were frank, frankly ignored. Are still and and pop in in a, and never for any that I could see proper, there was never any proper push, proper reasoning given you've given the best argument I've heard, mm. right, in response to that. So, yeah, so that's kind of a little mini kind of bias kind of Geordie rant, mm. um, not to take away from everything that Tozan's accomplished and hopefully he'll go on to accomplish more and hopefully we'll see him in, in, in Eurobasket in the summer and the qualifiers. Mm. Um, but, it, you know, it's an incredible accomplishment. It is, yeah. You know, incredible accomplishment. And I miss Jeremy. Obviously, Jeremy Sohan came through Milton Keynes, but then he went to—I think he went to, to again to prep school. Mm. So you know, and I'm, I'm not. And this isn't, as I say, a kind of a um a, an attempt to exaggerate or emphasise the achievements of Newcastle. This is mm. a wider point. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. he could have come out of any. He could have come out of Canterbury. He could have come out of mm. Charlton. You know, there are some guys who are doing fantastic things in college at the moment who might get there. You know, Osibo, who's playing fantastically in in uh, Utah, I think, and um, coming out of my school, and um, other guys who come out of Charlwood, and um, Hosanna Katenge is having a great season as as he's getting older as well. So it's not just about. But the question is, you know, if you're going to maximize the opportunity to to promote 
players from every corner of this country, and you don't know where they're going to come from. Mm. This kid comes from a, you know, a, 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 a quite well-to-do family in North Shields. Mm. Yeah, you, you, then you have to you have to ensure that you're widening the net as far as you can. And at this point in time, we are not doing that. And the reality is that if there's a 14-year-old Tozan in North Shields at the moment, he is not going to get the opportunity that the one that is there now has. Mm. That's not right. No, it's not. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So that's the NBA bit done. Yeah. Uh, should we should we touch on Europe before we go to to the British Basketball League? Uh, London beating uh, Sevilla Olympia ninety two eighty five in Ljubljana and Newcastle uh, uh, winning in Estonia ninety two eighty four against Kilia. Cool bet. Yeah, Kilia Kubet. I'm assuming that's kind of like that's, that's a Newcastle bet three six five. I'm assuming so. As other, well. other betting companies can um can take their place. Um, Newcastle, William Hill, uh, here, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, I didn't. See, I watched the Newcastle game, not not the London game. They were on at the same time. Um, and I, simply because I, actually, there's. Probably, I know there's a lot on London getting in the second, but there's actually more on Newcastle in relation to qualifying, and obviously Newcastle on my team. So I'm, I'm and, and Sevilla have the worst record in the competition, or second worst, but worst. They're, they haven't won a home game all year, so yeah. Well, there we go. Um, I mean, the only thing I was was quite interesting with London was obviously Bozic getting thrown out. Mm. Uh, that's the only you know the, the, the comment that you made. They had, I mean, the one thing about London is that you know coming off what they came off on Sunday, it was I think it was bound to pull them together. Mm. I think it had to. There's only one, you know, because they're too good and they're too proud, mm. a, a bunch of individual players. Um, whatever is going on in the background, um, and I don't know, and I, I don't, I, I'm not going to speculate any further. Um, they're too good not to do good, not to not to kind of push back. Mm. What you tend to find is when you have something like what happened on the Sunday to them, and that was a, you know, they just. On, on the, the, the just capitulation, that's the best word I can put mm. on Sunday. That was a capitulation. They can lose anybody can lose a game. You don't lose it, they don't lose by 15 points. You haven't lost by 15 points with that with a, with a healthy team all year. It's not going to happen. You're not, you don't lose in the final. So, after that capitulation, I think they were bound to, to kind of come together. Mm. The issue is, you know, how much that emotion of that gets them through the next two months as opposed mm. to the next two weeks. The next two weeks is easy, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the mind, the question, but the but or anything that's gone on, anything that's not right in the background will still be there. And it's, it's, like, it's like when you um, you see one of those movies with a crack in a dam. Mm. You know, the crack, you can close the crack, but the crack's always there. Yeah, it's yeah. How many times do you hammer it before the crack resurfaces and the whole thing comes down? Obviously, London will hope it doesn't. And that, that's been the same for basketball teams in the BBL through the years. It's not just this league, it's everywhere. Really. No, every league, exactly. You know, I'm not taking, and I don't say it to take pleasure in it at all. I'm just saying that's the reality of it. Mm. Um, but the Bosch thing was interesting because that was a nonsense. It was a nonsense ejection. Mm. Um, you know, he basically just 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 lost it and just got thrown, you know, and and just ran basically ran ran into ref. Um, in a not in a kind of a critical moment or not in a critical play. Mm. Um, so again, you know, you throw that together with you know with Jordan Taylor, you know, on Saturday and 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 then Sunday's performance and then you know the the, the kind of the. The, the mental kind of degradation of him in that, um, it was it's all just a little bit weird, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, but fortunately, Coach Lockhart, 
um, or at least it was apparently Coach Lockhart, according to the caption that came up at the screen at the end when Coach Youngblood was being interviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They managed to they managed to kind of survive it and get through, and and I think that probably helps them. You know, I mean, there's lots of reasons a coach gets thrown out. One, he's in about he's having a temper tantrum. Two, um, the stuff he, he he's using it as a way of exploring his exploring his frustrations and kind of getting them out. Three, he's doing it because he wants his team to know that. You know that he's either fighting for them or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a psychological thing to it as well. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't speak any of them. Could no, be any of them. Could be any of them. Um, seen but, them all, um, you've seen them all work as well, and, and yeah, and well, working all fail. You know, yeah. that's right. I mean, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. And, yeah. and when we started this podcast, the one thing I kind of did try and say was I wouldn't ever try and judge someone if you weren't in their dressing, if you weren't in the locker. Mm. They're, they're, you know, and these are these are. These are good coaches, you know. The mm. British basketball league has good coaches in there. The, rea- the reality of coaching is you can't win every game. Mm. Then coaches, no, a good coach loses as well because you know, no, no, there's no, um, there's nobody on the poker table in the in the British basketball league at the moment looking at being the mug, you know. Mm. You know? Mm. So yeah, he did what he had to do. He got himself thrown out there, won the game. Um, Newcastle in Estonia, probably a more consequential game, um, because, um. They actually have a ch- they have a chance despite you know probably getting the worst of the schedule three home games four away games and 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 their away games being you know all in the Baltics and in, in etc. Um, they now have a chance of qualifying and um that was a Darius throwback game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Darius went for twenty four and seven in twenty nine minutes. Um, you know which is you know whether what whatever is the level it's an eighth team in the Estonian league so whatever that level is it's still you know you I, I, you watch certainly the Newcastle guys in particular, and you can see that they're playing for something in the um, in those games that perhaps you don't quite see in the in the BBL games because the, the jeopardy isn't there. And um, I certainly think Darius is playing for Europe in so, yeah. so far as you know, he's had 20 years, he's never had the opportunity. Mm. They've done everything that they could in this in this country and never had that opportunity, and now he's getting a shot at it and he's bringing his best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in this game, ultimately, he won the game because he, he knocked down foul shots in the fourth quarter. Mm. Um, which the rest of them really weren't doing, and um, you know, playing against you know, again reasonable players, decent size, um, kind of guided them through it. And, and McGill was McGill was kind of good as well. You know, McGill seems to be a a better um, road stroke European player than 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 the kind of the humdrumness of the BBL at the moment. Mm. Uh, so London now need to uh, beat the Wolves at home uh, on Wednesday night and hope that Hapoel Tel Aviv lose to Besiktas uh, on the same evening, about an hour and a half earlier. And I forget where that game's being played now. It's not in Istanbul. Ljubljana. Ljubljana. There we go. So they're going back to the same place then. Um, uh, So so we'll find out on Wednesday whether they make top two and top two gets them a bye to the quarterfinals means they don't have to play the eighth final. They'll finish Mm. third. If not, they'll play the eighth final at home. Uh, Turk Telecom are currently matched up, but there's still a lot of of things that can move in the other group. Um, And... Newcastle's thing looked really complicated when I looked at it. Go on to the EMB. Actually, not that complicated, actually. No, no, there's a game on there. It was, but it's not now. There's a game on There's only two teams can qualify or three, basically. The two teams that the other two teams that can qualify, Liege and Gora, are playing each other tomorrow on Tuesday. If um Liege, if Gora win, I think Newcastle qualified. If Liege win, then it's a, a shootout between Newcastle and Gora in the last game. 
who are already okay. hosted. So it's really quite easy. Well, uh, um, but I think if Newcastle happen to win that game, then they could actually get as high as second, depending on the the, the, the stuff. So it's all, yeah, which would be, you know, it would, would be an accomplishment, I think. Indeed. Uh, let's move to the British Basketball League. Starting on Thursday night, Manchester Giants 79, uh, Plymouth City Patriots 93. Uh, we'll go through the game first. Uh, no Jones, Lawton, Anderson. Um, pretty even. Uh, pretty even first first quarter. Really, not not a lot between the between. The oh teams. man, this is the yeah. Wow. Um, this is the Emperor's New Clothes game. This is when the kind of the the the, the curtain was drawn back and we saw the Wizard of Oz. Mm. I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, the game. Okay. Um, what about the game? Manchester are a mess. I don't. I say that again. I don't say that in a in a pleasurable way. Oh, I don't take any pleasure from it. Um, Plymouth had the semblance of a, a of a unit, and then kind of knew how they were going to play. They're probably a little bit a little bit down on the the talent level that they need. And Copeland didn't make the shots in this game that he made in the first game, but he shows some size, some capabilities. Um, but Manchester, you know. We talked before about you know the games they play without Jamel, and I think they survived a few, but I think it's beginning to kill them now. Mm, mm. Absolutely beginning to kill them. Their structure, their, 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 that kind of thing. Um, their Harris is still very very bitty in relation to the minutes he's getting, mm. and um, and and Lee appears to kind of flit in and out a little bit. He doesn't you know he's he's. He should be the focal point of that team, but he really isn't. He's kind of, you know, he's he's. It's all right in playing the way he is up when he was at Leicester, and he was like the third or the fourth option, you know. But when you're the first, effectively the first option, you want to see a little bit more out of him. And and then they've got the missing Lawton, obviously, um, certainly unable to be physical on the court. Um, you know that that hurt, that hurts him too. And then you had Walsh basically again. What I mean, it's a canary in the coal mine thing. It's the same with London. I mean, Walsh threw his mm. toys at the pram in this game. He got, he got, yeah, yeah. he got, yeah, yeah. he got two technicals. He could have had three. Um, and that, that set the the second one was in the middle. So he got, yeah. he got, he got. He was lucky not to get the second one. And then he got another one. Then he just walked straight off. And it's like you know, sometimes you have to be. This is one of my mates' best phrases. That you have to be professional in an unprofessional situation mm. whatever is going on whatever is got your goal whatever is frustrated you whatever circumstances are going on in your head um you have to basically suck it up mm. and he didn't do that he, he you know his frustrations were absolutely um visible yeah yeah well, palpable. Well, palpable. Uh, so 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 and then he went on twitter afterwards which again not a good idea mm. so, so he, I was going to say Robert Robertson got his third foul as well in the second quarter. So without Lawson, they were really uh, thin. Uh, Robertson has kind of a perpetually frustrated look on his face. Yeah, at time. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's very expressive. Uh, you know, and again, that that can be you know can be difficult because you continue continue having to monitor and manage your emotions. Mm. Uh, so Patriots the nine zero run to twenty six thirty three. Lee Stampley Borsia threes to thirty six all. Outwood got a third foul just before half time and then didn't come back in until 
uh, basically the last couple of minutes of the game, and Green never played in the second. No, half, Green never but... played either. And PG, yeah. I think Green was giving it a lot of the kind of the frustration, mm. yeah, the kind of the arm waving, and mm. you know, just well, don't pass, didn't pass me the ball. I didn't get the ball there. I think everyone's getting to the that part of the season. It's February. Yeah, it's the dog you know, days you of February. And, you know, and PG is just thinking, I'm not going to deal with this crap. I don't have mm. to. Mm. You know, either you know. You know, we ain't winning, so it don't matter if I don't. If I'm gonna sit you down, you, you know, so what? And then when we all, I'll go with the guys who are gonna, um, and, and, and to be fair, meant... they went on a 15 3 run and they got in the lead, so why would you change it? Well, yeah, that was a funny guy because you know, they've he, he scored a lot of points, he's he's a skillful player. I still, he's listed as a guard in the all star thing, and he, he's clearly a forward to my perspective. Um, and he has this ability to score the basketball, but he, he also has this ability to just kind of at times just be on the court and and and, and without much presence. And they playing without him, they, they had a little bit more. And Wiley is playing very forcefully, kind of frees him up a little bit. And um, yeah, I think it was, it was good coaching. Ultimately, you don't have to play these guys all the time. Ultimately, you've got to do what you can try and do to win. Mm -hmm. And and that was the point at which that Walsh got um his second technical uh for complaining on a on a non call and he was ejected with three twenty five to go in the third quarter and to be honest with you that was basically the the end of the the sort of uh, contest. Um, Lee forty minutes twenty six points seventeen rebounds. Lewis seventeen points. Yeah, five, I, put, so I just called him out and said he didn't yeah. do good. He did twenty six and seventeen. Yeah. Um, so it sounds ridiculous. Um, and, but there is a but there, and that but is there. It's not his team. Mm. It should be his team, really, because he is the best player. But I, you know, and when I say it, it's like who's in control of the team, who you know, he he is doing what he's always done. But he, there needs to be some more either playing around him or vocal leadership from him or something. But that without Jamel being there, because that's Jamel. That's the role Jamel took. Mm. Was Jamel? Jamel's been Jamel's team. Nick Lewis has had the ball, but it's been Jamel's team. Jamel made the plays. When Jamel's not there, it has to be William Lee. Mm. Mm. I didn't see that. You know, I don't see enough of that from him. Uh, Stampley with ten. Uh, Wiley twenty point seven rebounds, four assists. Faulkner seventeen point seven rebounds. Levi fourteen and fourteen, six of six shooting. And Copeland also had fourteen. Uh, and then we had all the stuff at the uh, at the end of the game, and obviously there's there's a there's an investigation going on, and there's been uh, well, I was about to say statements put out, very similar statements in different mm. uh, different places, almost identically worded uh, through, but it's it's not really a um, it's not a good look. It's not. I mean, let's not get too high and mighty about it because we've been there. We've seen stuff like this happen before. Oh yeah, I've seen. Before. You know, I mean, it's, as 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 in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty mm. pretty pretty substantial for two thousand and twenty four. But it's nothing mm. more walking a park if you're talking two thousand four. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know stuff that we've seen. But ninety four. Oh, ninety four. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Mike Obasiki, I think, was mm. the name. Mm. Anyway, but um, but but it's but it's kind of bigger than that because this is. You know, I, I try not to do this very often when we're doing this, but this is kind of I told you so time. Mm. Um because you know that Thursday night, the whole thing was a net negative for the British basketball league. You can't sell it any other way, right? It's a Thursday night game where there's literally nobody in the gym. They might have got two hundred people in the gym. Um the game itself was a 
limited quality. I'm not going not going to hammer down on the players too much, but it was it was a ill tempered, certainly on Manchester's side. Um, the level of basketball wasn't high, and I think that part of that was to do with the familiarity of the teams. Obviously, they played each other so many times already, and the game itself, you know, wasn't great. The security clearly was appalling. The um, individual in question was was at times almost on the court during the second half, getting off his feet and, and, and kind of celebrating dunks and stuff. And the whole thing, you can't tell me that you can put that whole, it doesn't matter how, to be frank, it doesn't matter how good your TV directors are. You cannot polish that turd as an event, mm. and this is where the the whole you know unbeatable. Well, well, look at all the steps we made. And look at this that, and the other. Now, there's always been games like this every season. Mm. You know, so it's not like we get a rubbish game with two teams near the bottom and everything kind of goes wrong and no one wants to come along. Is a new thing. You know, it's not it's not just a problem that's been brought about by by the changes that have been made. But it sticks in the throat when we're being told how good everything else is. Because that wasn't good enough. That was the type of thing that you put on the TV in America or wherever, then you're going to get more people to turn off and not watch again than you are to keep watching. And why was it like that? It was like that because, firstly, the Thursday night thing. Manchester can sell out that gym. They've done it. I had a very pleasant three quarters an hour talking to the commercial manager when he was in, in Newcastle. They can sell out that gym on a Saturday, on a Sunday. Everywhere we've seen so far, give or take one or two, the Thursday night games have failed to get to get people in the gym. Caledonia, a bigger example as well. Um, so has anybody actually looked at that and thought, well, actually, you know, this this is something that we need to really review quite quickly, quite nimbly. You know, and look and speak to the clubs and say, what is it that we can do differently to get people in the gym? Because no one wants to see two hundred people in the gym. Then the whole disciplinary thing, which I've talked about at Nuremberg, I'm not going to talk about again. But it's a mess. You know, I mean, we still don't know what happened to Lucas Pelisa for for leaving the bench. Mm. I like Lucas Pelisa. I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Mm. But it's not even been mentioned. He, he left the bench during altercation, and nothing's been done about it. No, no statement. No nothing. Even if it's a statement to say that he was given a formal warning because the referees determined that, because the referees report determined that he was going in there to act as a peacemaker or something. I don't know. Mm. Nothing happened. Just the head in the sand thing. It's far more important to get our fancy new video out than to actually deal with the nuts and bolts of the professional of a professional sport. So, and that's not directly on on point on what happened here, but it's it's a bugbear as you probably gathered. Mm. Um. So then you get. What happens at the end of this game, um, which is um, someone sitting courtside who's been visibly um, creating a nuisance of themselves during the game, um, has got a rise out of Jamel Anderson, who's basically about a player in his league who's about seeing it all, done it all, and has, I don't think, ever reacted to anything that I can remember in 15 years. So he's, he has kind of... Um, he has credibility on his side. Whatever was said, whatever happened, he has credibility on his side. Uh, um, and um, and there's been a bit a bit more talking going on. Security 
um, just nowhere to be seen. Um, and um, naturally, what happens is when something like that happens, players are drawn to it. Mm. When players are drawn to it, words are spoken. All it needs is one push, one stumble, and one little boy who's hitting the head. Mm. And suddenly you've got a melee. And we all love the word melee. And melee generally means two people having a, a visible argument and 35 people swanning around outside, around the outside of them trying to figure out what's going on. And it looks awful because of that. And a bit of a crush. And it is just, it's just, uh, without going into the rights and wrongs of it, um, or without prosecuting people without any evidence, it's just an awful look. And I understand why the league, and I'm glad the league put a statement out straight away. Mm. Um, but, you know, this has been coming. You know, this this stuff is, you know, if, if you don't take care of all the nuts and bolts of the stuff that is going on, if you're not, if you don't have guidelines stipulating the bullying isn't from from the rep from um for spectators what the rules are how you know what what because nba players are getting spectators throughout left right and center yeah, now yeah 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 you know yeah. in fact there was that there was that wonderful video i remember of the i think it was in the minnesota game of the two protesters and the security guard realizing that they weren't meant to be caught side and, and having his eye on them and as soon as one of them got up and it was last year yeah basically yeah, the choke was on them. yeah 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 you know because player, player safety has to be paramount player security yeah. has to be paramount and I'm afraid that it was just a, as I say, this was just a, an Emperor's New Clothes game. This was just when the the, the, camp, the curtain went back and the Wizard of Oz was just a little bald-headed blow. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a horrific phrase levelling up because we've all seen it abused. You, you, we've all seen it, how it's been manipulated and used and, and used by politicians. But if you're serious about the league, you start at the bottom. Mm. And you start, and that means you deal with how you know what is what are the the factors, what are the points that we have that that would dictate a league of success, our our league of success. If we're having showpiece games, and every game's a showpiece game now because they're not being scheduled against each other, they need to be at eighty percent of capacity, mm. minimum. If you're if you're at you know ten percent of capacity. No, then that isn't a failing on the club, that's a failing on the organisation around it. And then there need to be rules, there need to be rules in relation to everything that goes on in the arena, um, which there aren't. And ultimately, they need to get out in front of this stuff. And they haven't got out in front of it and been bitten now because it's, we're actually quite fortunate insofar as nothing worse happened because that was one step away from really kicking off. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. was kicking off? It had been one, one of the fans. Mm. Or oh, it takes someone to throw a couple of couple of punches. Mm. You know, there's been some unfortunate publicity about Plymouth at the minute with some players in issues with the law, mm. which I deliberately haven't gone into on here and I'm not going to because we don't know anything about it. But you know, that and it's that was just kind of a kind of a, a scuffle at the end of a game in reality. Mm. But it was wasn't far away from physio breaking a jaw, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. it was one one punch, then one one person falls over, then three people join in, and you're on the national news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and you're not on the national news because you're unbeatable. Because mm. because the cup final wasn't on the national news. You're on the national news because you failed to failed to properly address the circumstances around one of your events. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, Manchester's run by the league. 
you know, Manchester pays even by seven seven seven. So yeah, no, it's not good. Um, so that's a bit of my that's my hand wringing done. I'm afraid I'm not. As I say, there's no lectures. There's no moral high ground. Mm. It's just been coming. Mm. You know, and maybe maybe it might just prod people into action. We shall see. Uh, so, let's. Yeah, let's move. Uh, there's almost nothing to add, really. That's the that's the thing. But as, as you say, there is. Um, it, it it's it needs it needed to be dealt with earlier than it was. I think is the yeah. uh, solution. Um, let's move to Friday. Uh, Surrey Scorchers eighty-two, Sheffield Sharks seventy-five. No gooden for uh, Surrey. Uh, Robinson Steele Cooper all hitting threes in the first quarter. Surrey making one of those starts that we've seen them do. Uh, SSP a few times this season. They're up fifteen points after ten minutes. Yeah, they've made Anston Sheffield making one of those starts that we've seen all season. Mm. You know where they play, they play slow. They struggle to score, um, and they're digging themselves a hole. And they've got lots of the kind of trying to figure out units who can play. They're not really making shots. The one thing that struck me watching this game was what is the collective noun for um, long two point jump shots. <laughs> Oh, um, because the best one I could come up with was a bath because <laughs> Sheffield whatever it was Sheffield produced it I mean Sheffield it's, it's an anti-analytic anti isn't it That's the well they shot I mean at the end of the day I think they only shot 13 threes but even yeah. so they shot you know it wasn't that they were at the rim either mm. they, they literally a bath of two mm. point tough jump shots mm. most of which that they missed and um, you know it was going back a long, you know, time they're not right. You know, they've got. I mean, Malik Allen is is it Malik Allen, Malik? Uh, Malik Green, Malik Green. Sorry, of course, Green, of course, <laughs> would be a Green. Um, he appears to be a bucket getter, but he didn't mm. start the game, so they were a little bit slow with with that starting. And you know, Sheffield and, and Surrey just basically traded threes for two, threes, three point jump shots for two point jump shots, mm. and Surrey take more of them, and um. Yeah, you know, just just Sheffield. I think they've still got an American spot. I'm not sure if they're going to use it. Um, they brought. I think they've still got one left, but mm. you don't really know what they need because they're they're struggling between um, kind of Ramsey and, and Pipkins. They're struggling a bit, and then Glasgow came up and gave them something off the bench. But yeah, tough. It it feels like <laughs> like the component parts are all right. It's not. It's just there's something like because. There was they had the issue earlier in the year where it felt like they had too many players and how do they yeah. get them all in? And then obviously uh the one fella left who uh, I've forgotten his name now. And then when Adekoya went, they replaced they kind of replaced with with, with Green. And it, yeah, I mean it, it, I mean and they're eleven and eleven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not like you know, it's not like it's a it's a disaster, the bottom's falling out of the season, but mm. you you just don't kind of and, and they can't play with drive and they can't play with aggression and they came back into this game. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's becoming a, a kind of a ritual almost that it's like 10, 12, 15 points in the first quarter. They play slow, they miss jump shots. And, um, you know, and I, I think... get back into it after that. I think Green's probably going to have to come at the start. I think they're going to have to really refresh it and Green's going to have to come in the start and line up mm. and, and, and they're going to have to roll with him, whatever he is. And I think he's... I'm not sure he... You know, he's gonna, he's putting up plenty of shots. Mm. Um, but that's what Alan's done for Leicester, and, uh, and and by and large, Leicester have integrated him okay. 
Mm. You know, the odd game where it ain't been quite right, but by and large, when you've got a guy that talented, you got to give him the touches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think maybe I think maybe that might end up being the way that that Sheffield goes. Sorry, we've gone through the game a bit. There wasn't much. Yeah, more no, the no, there was. I've literally got. It felt like it was going to be comfortable. They were twenty-four points up at the start of the yeah. fourth quarter, but then out of nowhere, a twenty-to-two run, and it went from seventy-one forty-seven to seventy-three sixty-seven. Yeah, and well, Sheffield play like this when they're behind. They play better because they play faster mm-hmm. and they play with more desperation, and they know that they can't they can't do that. And sorry, offensively. You know, you know they're, they're playing without Gooden, so you know there's a lot on um, Lawrence and and Robinson, and they, we haven't really got any interior scoring either with 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 Hunt out other than Jameson. Yeah. So you know it's not as easy for them to keep scoring. They don't have the stretch opportunities that they had, and, um, and Sheffield still have guys who can guard. Now what happened was in the fourth quarter, a team benched Ramsey, Pipkins, Kipper Nichols, mm-hmm. and. And went with his other guys and went with Glasgow and Allen and I think Nixon. And Nixon started getting into it. He started getting getting his head into it and started talking and starting getting, you know, which is what you need when you're down 20. You want to say something like that. Um, but it's never good when you're making that run back in the game with three of your starters not basically playing, mm. including your starting point guard. In the midst it's of that. Good. Never yeah. good because you've got, you've got to figure out well how do I start the next game. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's not good. It's good that you're back. You've got your benches doing it, but it gives you problems. In in the midst of that run, Dave, about five minutes to go to the end, there was a bit of uh, a bit of a nothing between Robinson and Idle Rock that escalated into some pushing and shoving and some jawing, and we got a double unsportsmanlike, Dave. Yeah. Now we know yeah. you hate the double uh, double technical. Where where do you sit on the double unsportsmanlike? I'm I'm not I'm never quite sure what's a technical and what's unsportsmanlike yeah, in those yeah. kind of situations. Um I know um I think Eitel Rock put, I think Justin was getting a little bit frustrated and Eitel Rock kind of put his hand on him as he was going down through the lane. Mm. I didn't have the pit because I've been on a flight on Friday, I haven't had the patience. I did watch this game back, but I haven't had the patience to go back and look for the little triggers before then, because there will have been. There'll have been something that's gone before then. Which has got that, and then so it's kind of a kind. Of, don't put your hand there, slap your hand off. Hey, don't slap me. You slap me. Do all that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm kind of. Uh, yeah, it was all a bit of nothing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, was, the, was. The problem with the, the the remains with the um. The, I don't think the FIBA. I think in a lot of ways, FIBA have the root have the rules right in relation to comparison to the NBA. In fact, the NBA started actually taking some of the FIBA rules, including the take fouls now as well. Mm. Um, but I don't think they I don't think the FIBA rules are right in relation to the 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 um the impact of two unsportsmanlike fouls or an unsportsmanlike foul on the technical. Mm. I don't yeah. like that. Never yeah. have. I think I think it takes a, a, a I think it over penalizes for minimal stuff. And uh, it didn't it didn't have an impact in this game because no one got thrown out. Mm. Um, but you know when you're getting double and technical and um, double unsportsmanlike in the NBA it's two technicals and you're out yeah okay and a flagrant one or a flagrant two and you're out but there's a difference between a flagrant and unsportsmanlike yeah yeah, yeah no way that's being called a flagrant in the NBA no no no, no. or double technical well, I thought that. I thought it was double technical rather than yeah. double unsportsmanlike yeah. was my take yeah. but 
That's that's what, yeah. matters, but they yeah. just it was one of those of calm down boys and let's get on yeah. sort of didn't really matter so let's get to the end lawrence uh an open three 76 67 122 to go cook uh inside 76 69 scorches and turn the ball over uh yeah. green drive fouled uh makes one of two 76 70 um it was kicked out of bounds, so so that allowed uh, they tried to inbound it, got kicked back out. That allowed um, Lloyd to time out and advance the ball because he, he was worried about them getting it in. Sheffield yeah. only on on one foul at that point in the quarter. They actually did really well, I thought, to get through all their fouls in about four seconds. Um, yeah. Cooper then made some some free throw. I'm sort of going through it, but actually there was they weren't ever quite close enough, were they? Shall I thought it was Lawrence's three that killed it. Yeah, actually, yeah. first thing you mentioned there, I thought that was the killer because they hadn't, um, you know, they hadn't been shot for about seven minutes, but they gave Lawrence a wide open three. You know, and, and that was probably the one guy at that point you didn't want to to have the ball because you know Lawrence and Robinson are going to be the go-to guys. I still don't trust Wang in the clutch. Um, and they haven't got the big guy, you know. They, you know, Jameson's not the guy you throw the ball to to get a bucket. He's a guy who's going to play well, but he's not. You know, he might he might get you a rebound. He might make a layup, whatever. But he's not. You know, it's not a guy you're going to throw the ball to to get a bucket. So that's where they kind of miss miss Hunt a lot and miss Gooden's shot creation as well. Um, but I thought giving up that three really hurt Shepard. The, the, you know, the problem is when you're that far behind, you can't. The keeping the run going is tough. Yeah, it's tough. You know, twenty-two the, run is fine, and you're still six down. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I was the the the. I think part of the reason I've got it all down is just to talk about the comedy inbound that they had after the Glasgow three <laughs> off the bottom oh, yes. of the backboard. It was you have it, we have it, out of bounds, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, the the um, I looked at it back, but I think it was a legit. Yeah, I don't think it was a, a violation. I think it hit the. No, no, I just uh, he backboard. just hit the bottom hit the of the, the thing. Backboard. Yeah, at the yeah, bottom of it, was, and it was all over the place. It was just yeah, it's like pinball with the tape. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They just it, yeah. Sheffield. I mean, Sheffield's history at recent years has been kind of you know whenever they get a couple of substantial setbacks, they normally bounce back. Mm. Um, and normally they bounce back at home. Mm. You know, they get a couple of home wins, and then you look at them, and you're the thirteen and eleven. You think, how oh, are they thirteen and eleven? Mm. You know, um, but. You know, there aren't that many teams you get comfortable wins against nowadays in this league at the moment. Um, so I think they have to be, I think they're going to need a recalibration. Mm. Yeah, I don't think they can start that lineup again. I think that's too often, it's happened too often now. Problem with that is that you, you know, you're you then bringing the new, certainly in relation to Green, you're bringing him in. So he, he's then going to be a focal point of the team because he's the guy who's looking to score the ball or make a play every time he catches it. So does that change the way that you play? I think it has to because it's not working at the moment. Uh, Jameson, 19 points, 14 rebounds. Robinson, 16 points. Cooper, 13. They were 12 of 32 from three, but six of those 12 came in the first quarter. Um, 19 points and 12 rebounds for Green. Nixon had 17. Glasgow, uh, 12. So the top three scorers for Sheffield. Um all off the bench, 48 of 75 points off the bench. Yeah, and uh, there you go. I suppose that's just that's putting the numbers, isn't it? Mm. But more importantly, Sheffield shot 13 threes in the whole game. Mm. Yeah. Third. I mean, they're the 27, they were, they were net minus 27 on three point field goals, mm. but they're not shooting them, they're not creating them, you know. It, and 
you know that's that's putting them at a maths disadvantage even in a forty in a forty minute even in a forty minute game. Mm. That's a substantial. I, I, you know, I didn't do the numbers that I did last year when it was like how many potential points did they have from their shots. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you that Surrey had a lot more potential points from their shots and several yeah. different points. Yeah, for certain. Uh, let's go to Newcastle Lady Seven London Lions one oh five. Spencer was back. Josh Ward Hibbert was uh, back as well. Back from compared to domestic games. Uh, London with the first seven points of the game, but then Austin scoring inside and out, and the Eagles got on top, 18-15. Yeah, Austin's kind of really grown into this kind of third guard role, mm. um, playing with a lot of kind of force, as it were, and obviously he missed a few weeks when they were kind of coming together. So that's kind of a positive side. And I see a third guard role. He's playing, they're playing the three guards at the same time without mm. uh, Whitfield. Um, so that's kind of helped them a little bit. Um, the defense, Newcastle defense, ultimately London's a good offensive team not, and, and they need a degree of physicality to defend against them. I didn't think Newcastle quite had that physicality in this game um, to just kind of sustain it for, for four quarters. Um you can't give up 105 to London and expect to win. You can't you know you've got to be keeping they've got to be a Newcastle team which is you know offensively quite powerful, maybe low nineties. They've got a shot, but 105 just mm-hmm. ain't gonna get it done on your own gym. And and they struggle to stay, obviously the guards struggle to, to guard without fouling as well. Mm-hmm. Uh Grantham threes at the end of the first quarter. Nelson and Connor Morgan at the start of the second lines were out to a 10-point lead, but Eagles responded with a 7-0 run. They had to navigate the foul trouble, as you touched upon there, for Jordan Johnson. Again, the mm-hmm. Lions got up eight. Again, the Eagles pulled it back, and it was tied at half-time, 46-all. Yeah, um, but they got a lot more a lot more margin for error London than Newcastle with the, without, with the lineups as they are. Um and you know, whereas beating them over twenty minutes or even thirty minutes is possible, I think mm. Newcastle beating them over forty minutes with that lineup is tough. Mm. Um, because where they're deficient is kind of in the positions where actually Cheshire are Cheshire were really, really strong, which is kind of that wing athleticism. Mm. So the wing athleticism at Cheshire allows them both knock down shots, get out in transition, and rebound the ball. Mm. Whereas Newcastle are kind of without um, that with with Water, but just coming back, and they're not they're, neither of those are the most athletic players either. Uh, um, they they struggle to kind of have that physicality, which which Cheshire had, which Cheshire needed to beat them. And the reason Cheshire held them to eighty four was ultimately because Cheshire rebounded the ball really well in that final, mm. and even London scored eighty four. Newcastle didn't have that. Other than, you know, you have you're asking Austin to rebound like your six or five, which he can do, but it's tough to do over the course of forty minutes yeah. when you've got Grant when you garden someone like Grantham, you know, who's six eight. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it was a tough one, but without um, the only way Newcastle were going to win the game was to stay in a scoring race. The only way they were going to stay in a scoring race was to basically keep their guys on the court, and you know, Jordan Johnson playing nineteen minutes basically killed them. Yeah, we were we were running an interview with Mark where he's talking about Johnson avoiding fouls as he picked up his fourth foul oh, at the hell. start of the fourth quarter. Lions went nine clear. Eagles did get, get it back to two midway through the third quarter, but then Matt Morgan, Matt Morgan, Connor Morgan, Philip uh, for three. Bang, bang, bang. Suddenly it's a 
game and, the, and there's no way back. From yeah, it. and you, you can't play them from. I don't think you can play them from behind without that kind of, you know, that kind of physicality. As I say, it's a scoring race, but if you're in a scoring race, you've got to keep it close, and then you know that you can make a make the plays at the end. Um, London are really good. You know, they're still really good. Whatever happens to them is talent. Their talent level is off the charts. You know, Conor Moore making kind of one one right hand dribble step back threes in the corner. Mm. You, you know that. You know that's not no. That's not something anybody in this league can guard. Mm. Mm. And as I say, they have that. They they have that focus from from you know the, the all the stuff they've been hearing after losing the final and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. That pulls you together and it pulls you together for a couple of weeks. It's kind of you know f the world that type of stuff. Mm. You know mm. what. Is, what you read, of course, is that focus to be there for a final. Mm, yeah. But the reality is, of course, very few of those guys have ever been in a final like that. Even though the the the, the talent is all there, if you look at their look at their team, um, kind of a second uh, a playoff final with a game the day before, in the middle of the season, um, that, that they're not common. You know, Matt Morgan's not done that. Mm. Uh, um. Jordan Dale's not done that. Conor Morgan's not may have been in the Copa del Rey. I don't know, but you know, I just I think they got beat by the. I mean, as well as anything else that's going on, I thought they got beat by the environment last Sunday. They got beat by the inexperience of their coach. They got beat by the fact they had so many players. And I mean, inexperience in relation to BBL finals, um, and um, the game just kind of constituted away from them, um, and and they'll be embarrassed by that. So they're all come back and, and give it their best shot and then this three I think they're going to win the league in about three weeks so good for them uh, I think it's I think it is into March uh, when I last did the maths but yeah um, so uh, Johnson 19 points 5 of 6 shooting 3 assists but only 18 minutes and 43 seconds yeah. uh, Austin 16 points 10 rebounds McGill 16 points and 9 assists 1 of 9 from 3 uh, yeah. Grantham, 18.7 of nine shooting, eight rebounds. Uh, Nwaba was eight of nine shooting for 17 points. Philip, 14.6 rebounds. They had seven guys in double figures. Yeah, that physicality from Nwaba is tough for anybody to match up with. Yeah, yeah. Certainly Newcastle really don't have that. Cheshire are probably the closest team to having that, those kind of wings who can match up with that athleticism. Newcastle really don't have that. And that's the point of difference. Won't match his calves either, as Drew Lusker pointed out. Uh, Surrey Scorchers 84, uh, Leicester Riders 104. Again, Surrey came out firing threes, threes. They made a few early, but a 9-0 run had Leicester ahead. Really, the difference between this game and the Sheffield game is that Leicester stuck with them in the early stages when Surrey started making a few shots. Yeah, well, that's still too good offensively. I'm actually going to call a bit of BS on the scheduling on this mind. I don't, I didn't, I, I'm not sure why. Sorry, we're playing at five o'clock on a Saturday, having played at eight o'clock on a Friday. Um, that you know, and I looked at the schedule and I thought, well, hang on, why, why is sorry got that game on the Saturday with Leicester when it's Leicester's only game? When London have got a game, London's game isn't till Sunday, and it's Plymouth's only game. Um, you know, my answer to everything is is usually venue availability, and and uh, and, and they they like the five o'clock, I think, on a Saturday. But well, maybe I don't know do. whether they were. Given they the, do. I don't know whether they were given I'm, the choice or not. But I know. But I'm they, at the point. I'm at the point of wondering when London Spurs League double, double header is going to turn up. And I don't think they're going to have one, and I'm at the point of having a little the little conspiracy wacko Trump fan in my head <laughs> saying, "Well, hang on a minute, who is you know who's in charge of this?" Because 
there's no good reason why London couldn't. And I, I get you say about venue availability, but Surrey can get a venue on a Sunday. London can get the venue whenever they want. There's no question about. It. That's why they've had notable headlines because they can get the venue whenever they want. Um, but I think it gave um, it puts Surrey at a disadvantage. Well, it puts everybody at a disadvantage when you have that. That's not. To, I mean, but that, that said, um, Leicester are really good, um, and it was one of those games whereby um, everything flowed, and they got their shots where they wanted them, and they, and they weren't. Um, they got good minutes out of Mo Walker, um, and then you know, as a coach, it was kind of a game where everybody, everybody's contributing at the right time, and you felt that they weren't ever going to stop scoring. Uh, whereas, sorry, made some shots, but you know, when Andrew Lawrence decided to to have his little hissy fit, um, the game was done basically. Uh, London, by the way, play Thursday, play Euro Cup, uh, and then Thursday against Sheffield this week. Just. Yeah, I know they do, but that's BBL. That's not BBL. Yeah, yeah no, no. Just... No, it's not BBL. It's BBL. Yeah, I get that. Um, I know that's happened to them a couple of times already. Yeah, I get yeah, yeah. Um, And so I'm just, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm uh, just salty. Sorry. So uh, I was slightly distracted looking to see what the yeah. upcoming schedule was. I couldn't see anything after that, by the way. Uh, no. Washington three on the buzzer. A doe with two back uh, to back threes early in the second quarter. Leicester of a spell of 22 to four. Uh, to lead 29-47 with still over five minutes uh, to go. Lawrence with uh, two technicals middle of the second quarter that, that you just mentioned there. He wanted a foul on a block shot. It, it, well, it looked like a block shot to me. Uh, he wanted a foul. Uh, never a massive fan of two tees in a row, but once the first one is called, his response uh, from about a foot away from the referees. He was in the, he was in the, he was in the, he was out the gym in five seconds. Yeah. Wasn't he given he knew. Yeah. No, no. He's the toys at the pram stuff. Again, again, not not great. You know, mm. you know, not. But he has to be better than that. Mm. Um, you have to ask a better whether he doesn't like the call or not. Yeah. Um, and then Lloyd got one. You like people. you like the referee to to sort of copper deafen, but it's hard to do it when you're waving at him from one foot away. Sort of. Got the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it depends what the words were. If it's anything yeah. that close and it's personal, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Personal. Or if it's an F word, like that. Yeah. You know. So it, you, it looked to me like he had to go. It, that's yeah, what it looked, it looked, to, looked me. to me like he knew he had to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, as you say, a minute later, um, there's one on Lloyd, but both Lloyd and uh, Teo yeah. instantly reacted to say, well, he's talking to me. Mm. And obviously the ref is in between the two of them. Position. Yeah, I, I never liked technicals. And the ref can correct us on this. But I'm never a fan of a technical where a ref goes a technical for something that he's not looking at. Mm. So in this situation, the ref's looking at the game and Lloyd's behind him. Mm. Now, again, I don't know what Lloyd said. Um, I don't know what Tony's, Tony said. But the words alone are the technical because the ref didn't see him. Mm. Right? And the ref, therefore, doesn't know to whom he's directing whatever comment he's making. Mm. Unless it's so, you know, obviously egregiously at the ref, like, you know, mm. you know you know, by the way, then then it's obvious, and the reaction of the two of them would suggest that wasn't the case. So that's kind of a thing, you know. If I'm if I'm running past and I can't see him, when I hear something, the first thing I'm going to do is look over my shoulder and just see what was that. And then when you satisfied yourself that it was at you, boom, do that. I don't think he did that in this case. I think it was just kind of like, they're the words bang t, you know, and and, and so. So, you know, I thought that was a little bit. Sorry, we're getting a bit defensive by then. Sorry, we're getting a bit twisty by then. But um, I think actually, the story of this game was that you know, 
outside the fact that sorry, obviously undermanned with um, you know, with Bailey and Okasemi playing more minutes than he probably wanted them to. Um, you know, Leicester are deep and mm. talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah they really are. Um, I don't know if you and, saw the post game interview with Robert, but he said that was one of the things they talked about this week. They were going to use ten guys and try and wear them down because of that second game sort of thing. And he did yeah, go to it, that second. Yeah, point. I mean that's, that's kind of coaching one hundred and one. Sorry, Rob. Um, of course you are, but you have to get good play out of those. Yeah, 10 yeah, guys. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's always saying we're going to use ten guys, but if the first five don't turn up, then mm. you know you use who's going to win. Um, and um, uh, they they're a really tough team when the ball doesn't stick. Mm. You know, they they historically have the 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 best offense and have for probably last seven or eight years in creating good looks. And to do that, they do that with whatever team they've got, whatever players he's got, he always finds a way of creating good looks. I mean, we couldn't, you know, when going back to the Bernadini days, we could never figure out just how they always ended up getting the the spacing is very, very good. And um if that's what they end up with this year, and that's the that's been the issue with taking out half your back court and then integrating a new um high density ball handler or, or scorer in Allen. But when Alan plays within the the scheme, or when other guys are creating for him, as opposed to just giving him the ball and saying go make something happen, because he's good enough to do it. But you can focus in on him then, and then you know, and that's when he ends up, you know, seven of twenty. If thirteen, something like that, they're not going to lose many games because everybody else is going to get their shots as well. Mm. And Teddy's going to get twenty, mm. but as a team, they're going to be seriously dangerous, and you know, and probably. The most equipped, and they haven't been took by the injury bug yet. Fingers crossed for them. You know they've, they've been pretty healthy. Mm. Um, but you know if all the teams ready to make a run, you would say it was them mm. at this point. I thought I thought they were really good in this game. Just did, it. and McKenzie is McKenzie's really good. Mm. You know just his focus, his drive. You you see something in his eyes that you don't see in every player in the league, in every garden league. I wish we had a bit more of it in some of the Newcastle guards. You know just mm. that kind of that that kind of sense of purpose, that focus of purpose at times. Mm. Um, you know, so so I like Leicester. I like what Leicester are doing. Uh, at halftime, uh, Leicester had 10, uh, 10 offensive rebounds. There were 21 rebounds available to them at that end of the floor, and they had 10 of them. So they had 13 yeah. second chance points. They had 13 fast break points as well, and they were 8 of 14 from three. Well, that's kind of well, the eight or fourteen to kill it because when they shoot the ball, well, they're going to win. Um, but um, you know they got some nice threes. You know, at the end of the first quarter, Allen penetrated and kicked it to Connor in the corner. Mm. You know, for, for a great, for a great. Look. That's a big play. You know, something like that. Then you talk about the offensive rebounds. Well, that's because they're able to bring kind of a little bit more energy to it now. Walker can hold the middle, and then you've got a Doe and Shelton playing, or able to come in and play energetically. And Shelton's going to play at that, and he's going to give you some of them. Mm. So what the what they've got is they've tight, kind of tidied up some of the areas that they were deficient in. Uh, still, question marks about the the defense at times is it, it it kind of varies between okay and a little bit better than okay. I don't think it's great, but it doesn't have to be great if you've got a good offense. Mm. You know, so that's where they've gone. Um, sorry, you know they. Sorry, need a team. They need a full team. They're playing two imports down. They can't. You know, they're playing without Hunt and without Gooden. And then Lawrence gets thrown out. They haven't got enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that's a problem. But you know the quest was sorry, is are they going to be able to win some games on the road? Um, because that's what they're going to need to get into the playoffs. Mm. Uh, by London. 
Yeah, nothing, nothing much really in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing much really. Best of three. Uh, nothing much really in the second half. Uh, Jameson twenty points and ten rebounds. Cooper sixteen points. Wang fifteen points and twelve rebounds. Robinson fifteen points. Allen uh, twenty point six rebounds. McKenzie fifteen points. Uh, Holmes. 14 points they were 50 points in the paint and 14 of 27 from yeah well they got what they wanted they got what they wanted and and the you know and and um yeah it wasn't close it wasn't close no. uh, when it was, wasn't close yeah like, speaking of games that weren't close let's go to manchester giants 93 cheshire phoenix 103 all the missing were still missing um Stevens scored 11 of the first 13 points for Cheshire as they got out to uh, to a 13-16. Basically torched them in the first quarter. They had 31 points in the first quarter. It's just just whatever they wanted, basically. But at some point in the time, some team is going to get the memo that you've got to stop. You've got to get out to Cheshire shooting threes in the first quarter as opposed to the third quarter. Mm. Um, Manchester are not that team. No. The right memos. I mean, they're, they're, they're in there. Um, permanent defense, you know, Cheshire weren't creating great shots, if I can put it that way. They just went mm. in guard. Mm. You know, times where Stevens was shooting the basketball from the triple threat position after he had the time to lose it up, it wasn't coming off a catch or anything like that. It wasn't like they were scrambling out. It was just there. Mm. And um, credit to them. And Cheshire have this thing of these long-range guards, Stevens, Jack, Kristen, um, Holden, four of them, basically, mm. all of whom are capable of making shots or making plays off the dribble. And that gives them, you know, a fantastic kind of um, base to play around. But you've got to start try to systematically take them out of one of their things and then take them out of the next thing. Mm. You got to take them out of is those those catch and shoot threes. Mm. You know, that means you have to be committed to defending the three point line, making them put it on the ground, and, and shoot a contested two or get into the rim and finishing over you because two it's harder and twos are worth more than threes. And then they've shown they can shoot the crap out of the ball. Mm. Um, and Manchester did, you know, did absolutely none of that. None of it. Um, and um, and every whereas Cheshire, they 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 have the opposite of them, and they're energized by it. Well, you win the trophy, you're energized, mm. flying. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know? yeah, 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 yeah. The guys suddenly you've had success. A lot of these guys won't have had success in their careers. They won't have won anything, mm. even though because the American system where they come from is not designed how people win things. Mm. Trying to create money, you know, <laughs> so conference game. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing you're going to win might be a playoff at the end of the season, a championship game at the end of the season in college. And there's lots of players, you know, there's 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 not that many championships games like that going around. And then you go back to high school, so maybe you're your best player in high school, maybe you won some high school, but you don't have cup finals in high school either. Mm. So the, the invigoration that they've got from winning that final, yeah, 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 carry them through. I mean, when when you win a final, you know, the, it was always a a massive thing. The cup, the cup final for us, obviously, because it was January. That, that first game, because you knew that would buy you another month with the team if you won that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you won that. It's, yeah. it's different. Suddenly the dog days of February don't seem so bad. Exactly, you're flying. Because, exactly, you're flying. And it's not like the playoff final. The playoff final is different because whatever happens, you're all going home. Yeah. So, you know, after 20, 20 minutes after the playoff final, it's done. Mm. Right? It's absolutely finished. You, you sit in the bar, pint with the other coach or whatever. All the players are going to the airport. Mm. You know, you whether you've won, you've lost. You, 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 the the sense of emotion is transitory. Mm. There, you know, you're immediately thinking about who do I want for next year, what's going on. Mid-season tournaments, a whole different dynamic. Mm. 
you know, you get them, you can lose a team. If you lose it, I mean, this is why London did really well to bounce back, but they had the talent to do so. But if, say, Cheshire lose that game, a couple of guys don't get the minutes that they want, something like that, then that can be, a, that's a problem. You've got to have them back in on Monday. You've got to be building them back up again. So winning that, particularly in the manner that they did, the nature of the win, one of the, the, the greatest upset wins in, in history of the league, proving themselves, you know, nobody believes in us, the whole of that thing. Mm. That's going to absolutely, it's like injecting um, adrenaline into your system. Mm. Mm. You know, of course, don't need to do anything for a couple of weeks because all those guys are ready to kind of to do it. And um, and, and Manchester didn't react to that at all in this game. Mm. was kind of... No. Uh, Kristen had all the points in a 10 2 run to 24 uh, 46, and that was it. Um, Giants scored the last eight points of the game to make it look like it was close. It was one of them where, after the game, I looked at the stats and I went, Wait, was that a 10 point game? It couldn't have yeah. been a 10 point game. Cause, and I'd been sitting there watching it, and I was like, No, they were up 20. What happened? I don't. I couldn't work out how it was ten, uh, but it was, um, and it wasn't as well. Uh, Lewis twenty-seven point seven assists. Walsh twenty. Stampley seventeen points and nine rebounds. Kristen had sixteen first half points, twenty-two in total. Uh, Jack nineteen. Stevens eighteen. They were sixteen of thirty-nine from three. They had twenty-one offensive rebounds and twenty-one second chance points. They had eighteen points off turnovers, and they beat them forty-seven to thirty on the rebounds. That's the anatomy of a Cheshire win, isn't it? Yeah. yeah three yeah. and offensive rebounds. Yeah. And I'm afraid you have to take them off the three point. The first thing is you can't stop the offensive rebounds. You can try, mm. but you can because you don't know where the ball's going to bounce. You do your best you can. But schematically, you can take them off the three point line. It's hard because they move the ball well and they've got penetrators in Rye and, um, and Rideau who are and even Holden who are very good at swinging that ball at the far side. But you have to be absolutely disciplined on them in saying that you're going to have to beat us with twos. Mm. And Manchester weren't. Because no. because it's easier to get... The crazy thing is, it's actually easier to get those offensive rebounds off the threes. Yeah. yeah. When you're shooting the three, the threes are going up, people know they're going up. And you've got big, rangy athletes who are able to crash from the wing, mm. right? If it's a two-point shot, well, the, all those big, rangy athletes are stood on the are stood on the wing waiting for the ball to shoot the three. Mm. You know, and the penetration is such that they're not they're not filling the lane to take away the space. So it's far easier to to rebound off two point shots as well. And um, you know, ultimately, this time of year, talent wins out if you haven't got a scouting report. Manchester didn't have a scouting report. No. Uh, let's go to Sunday. Caledonia Gladiators seventy eight, Bristol Flies seventy two. Smith is now out injured for the Flies. Debose was missing for Caledonia as well. They couldn't score early on. Gladiators. Um, four minutes in, they were 11, 11 2 down. Yeah, I absolutely hate that standing up thing. Oh, you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I just, I just, I just don't get it. It's like all you're doing is creating awkwardness for your team. I'm not talking about the, fun, the fans' perspective, fine, they want to stand up until, until, until their team scores a basket, fine, but what good comes out of that? Mm. You know, I mean, we score a basket. You know, then, then in football, if you if you, you score a goal, you stand up, you jump up, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. No, and, and they score a basket and they're sitting down. So, okay, well, the, the show's started now. Let's, let's see what happens before the intermission. Mm. You know, it's like, what? You know, and then the worst case is obviously you don't score for about three yeah. minutes. Yeah, kind yeah. of on the floor, what's looking around, what's going on here? Quite need the toilet, you know, what's going mm. on? I just don't get it. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't think I've seen it anywhere. I don't maybe some teams in college do it. I don't know in America. Worthing Bears I... used to do it back in the day in the in the bear cage. They used yeah, to bear cage. Up. Is that what they called? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I suppose it must have been the bare necessity. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, there must have been a reason for it, but I just don't see it other than the fact that this is what we do. But why? Because this is what we do. But why? Why is it? It doesn't work anyway. But anyway, it's up to them. You know, they they play all the the, the jock songs as well. You know, you take the high road, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's, everybody's entitled to their own. But I just don't think it, I don't like it. But anyway, that's speak from basketball side of it, from a coach's side of it. You know, there's nothing better than you know. I mean, you know, you know, keeping them standing up for seven minutes while you go fifteen over run. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, you know, you paid for the seats, you use them. So anyway, yeah, that was it. I like that conversation. Um, yeah, and they did struggle. Um, Bristol. Started off athletic, you know. Bristol got so many moving pieces now. Smith's mm-hmm. gone as well, and uh, I think they're gonna. I think actually both Bristol and Newcastle have, uh, are being the the teams other than London that are actually involved in kind of a competitive European scenario. I don't think the games themselves have taken it out of them, but I think the the fact that they've got a chance of winning, yeah, 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 competition yeah, yeah. made a big yeah. difference to to their to their kind of. The importance of the games, if yeah, that makes yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they, and, they, they will have gone in saying, "Well, let's see where we are." And now they're going, "Actually, we could beat all of these teams." Can't yeah, we? we can beat these teams. We can get to the quarter. You know, we're in the quarter. Yeah. If we get the quarterfinals, we can get the final four. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, and on top of that, you have to remember from the players' perspective, massive shop window. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely massive because they're playing teams in leagues like um, Romania and Lithuania. Um, and um, Belgium, um, who pay more than us. Mm. You know, this is this is a career opportunity. You know, if, mm. if um, um, Devin Olsen or Jordan Johnson's going for you know twenty five and seven, someone's going to notice because all those all these talent evaluators and all those forty seven professional leagues, mm. they understand the level of the teams that they're playing against. Yeah, exactly. Whereas they don't understand necessarily the level of the British Basketball League because they've never anything to compare it against. Mm. So. So I think that is it. Kind of, it's kind of impacted both of those teams to a certain degree. Um, they get benefits from it as well. They get the togetherness and all that stuff. So it's not all one way. Mm. And but the, the injuries have hurt British. I think they're going to hurt. I think Bell is going to really losing Raul Graham Bell is going to be the biggest thing for them down down the down the line. They're going to have to get starting quality play from Bradley. Bradley's always been kind of a guy who can score score the ball when he's at Bristol and Cheshire, a bit inconsistent. Um, he's going to be a really big factor for them because without him, they're in kind of those kind of hybrid lineups where they've got uh, Raf Thomas Edwards at the four, you know, which last and then the three of the the, the wings and and they're better off with Raf at the three because that's how he can use his because he's not really a stretch four as much as as Raul Graham is, but what he is, he's a fantastic rebounder from the wing and a wing defender. And um, they need they're going to need to get they're going to need to get production from Bradley. Um, but Green scored the ball efficiently early. Um, Caledonia kind of played their normal, fairly systematic basketball, couldn't get anything to drop, and then basically wore them down over the course of the game. Yeah, so they got eight in a row late in the first quarter to cut it to four, and then they kind of hung around about four to six for the for the rest of the half. And then uh, the Gladiators, last six points of the first half, first eight points of the second half, Ali Hodgic with nine of them. They went from 34-35 down to 48-35 uh, ahead. Um, and and uh, to be honest with you, they looked like they were going to ease home anyway from there. Yeah, you know, when they get, you know, I mean, they're a very, very tough team, Caledonia, when Faro scores. Mm. If Faro scores the ball, 
Um, the reason they're tough is because it means the opposition's picking the ball out of their bottom basket. They're not running on them at all. They're getting everything within their, their system and they're able to set the defence and, and, and then as he scores, loosens things up on the outside as well and then you're going to get guys like Pulizia and Whelan who have got the basketball. Um, Bristol, I'm not sure. I still not. I, I, I saw a little bit of fatigue, mental fatigue in them. You know, going over again, going over screens on Bothwell. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting that at the moment. Let, let's see if you can make some shots. Um, not having Dubose meant that you know William was playing a lot of minutes. Jim and Jimenez never came off the bench either. So you thought that they were that the Caledonia were vulnerable to Bristol's type of game, but Bristol didn't really press or trap much. Mm. And I don't know if that again is a little bit of fatigue, but you know, Bristol's advantage in that game was kind of perimeter athleticism. And they never really utilised it. And on top of that, they didn't knock down any shots. Mm. You know, which is, unfortunately, what they've been like on the road. Five to play. It looked over, but a 13-2 run made it 73-70 with 123 to go. A minute to go, Onwas with the drive, and he sort of tossed it in, 75-70. Yeah. Lucas then missed a three. Onwas on the breakaway. He was fouled. Uh, yeah. 38 seconds to go, 76-70. Um, and then they come the other way. Jacob drives, goes up and down for a travel with 23 seconds to go. And you think, well, this one is definitely finished now. Yeah. It wasn't, if it wasn't already finished. Um, but a sideline ball, flyers are obviously pressuring, pressuring, pressuring them. Uh, the ball ends up with Paliza, who turns it over roughly about his own free throw line. Johnson then runs it back. Omwas chasing him, fouls him. Uh, and 15 and a half seconds to go at 76 72, and they, they've got a free throw to make it a one shot game. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about with the pressure. You know, they didn't have that pressure on the whole game, you know, and, and that I thought was a missed opportunity mm. for Bristol, you know, because when they end up with, you know, police dribbling the basketball over the court, over half court, or something like that, then that does give you an opportunity to, to take them out of their comfort zone. I'm not even sure Bothwell's a true point guard, I think he's probably a combo. But he's played pretty well at the point. He's a creative guard. Um, and Whelan certainly isn't. And they're not really playing anybody else when Dubose isn't there. So they did. Um, got the steal. Johnson made the play. Um, oh, not but enough. he missed the free throw. Uh, timeout advanced. It was into Paliza, who trying to run some clock, passed it back towards Onwas, But then Johnson knocked it away. He goes out of bounds, jumps back in bounds, but is a judge not to have re-established himself in court uh, before touching the ball. So it's it's given as a... Yeah, I didn't watch that one back. Um, it looked quite close. I, To be honest with you, I just watched it just before we came on and there's somebody sort of standing up in the way. I thought he was in. I thought yeah. he was back yeah, in. Yeah, that was my initial That was my initial one. There was bang-bang calls then. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks... Because when, 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 when everybody comes to rest, he's standing there with a the basketball on his hands four feet inside the, yeah. the court. So it looks like it. But he did make an effort to do that. I was wondering if he actually touched it prior to that when he was on the line or maybe something like that. That's a possibility as well, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, anyway, and yeah. and that, that was basically it. I mean, even if he got the ball, they're still down four with 10 seconds to go and a running clock. So there's no... Yeah guarantee of anything but that was basically the game over uh ali hodgett 16.7 of 10 whelan 16 points five rebounds five assists police are 14 points ollison 18 johnson 16 green 12 and 16 rebounds uh london lines 105 plymouth city patriots 84 no douche or faulkner was starting i've not seen 
uh, all of this. Uh, it's basically trading scores for the first half. There were a couple of four or five point leads for London, but but not really much in it. And then they had a 15-4 run just before halftime to get up 10. And then even though Plymouth closed it in the third quarter a little bit, they, they pulled away London. Yeah, I um, watched this. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Did you see Grantham got ejected? Did you see that? No, I didn't. I no. didn't. You, you want to go back and, and watch it because he gets uh, he gets a second technical in the third quarter, seven eighteen on the clock, and it was a weird one because Plymouth had turned the ball over. I think there was a travel or something, so they were walking the other way, and you just see them in shot, and he's walking at the same pace with the referee. So he must have said something, mm -hmm. but it it looked like it came out of nowhere. And actually, the first one was a bit odd as well because the first one, which was. Um, I think it was in the first quarter, about three minutes to go. Uh, again, he was walking back, moaning about something. Now, it was a bit more dis demonstrative. I think there was a bit of a wave and a whatever. That one looked more likely the, I mean, well, to be called a tee, I mean, but it just nothing I mean, was going on. There didn't seem to be a need for it. Yeah, I mean, there was something, you know, he put, he had his little video on, on Twitter after the Friday night game about, you know, yeah, we hear everything that people are saying, blah, blah, and you know, about us and all this stuff. To which I'm thinking, well, just stop you complaining. You, you, you look at the game; you should have won. You know, you, you know, you don't come afterwards and say, "Oh, yeah, we got it, we got it all taken. We're aware of it. Yeah, we're gonna keep it in our minds." No, do that before the final. Mm. You know, and um, so I think they've been rattled a little bit mm. by by what happened on Sunday, um, with Bozic on Wednesday, and now you tell me Grantham got thrown out on Sunday as well. Yeah, it's that kind of dam again, you know. Mm. You know, is that you know the talent protects, you know, they, they like they like a gold plate, the dam, you know, or, or you know, um steel plated dam or whatever, you know, it's gonna take a hell of a lot for the crack to, to develop into a fisher to bring it all yeah. down because of the talent that they've got. But it's not to say it's not possible. We've seen it happen. Mm. I mean, I remember the probably the the, the Tony G's Mersey Tigers with Everton Tigers with mm. Andres who um, mm. um before I was even involved with the Eagles, but the Eagles beat them and had far less resources, far less probably I'm not saying I don't know you're killing if I said less talent, but they they, they beat them and then they they you know they, they um it can be done. Chester have shown how it can be done. Mm. Um and that kind of losing that infallibility. It's not a physical thing, but it's a mental thing for the players, yeah, yeah. for the team, to know it's there in your background. Um, and some players go one way, some players go the other way. But what it does tend to do is it builds up irritability, and irritability builds up technicals, and technicals build up disqualification. Yeah. So it's another kind of that wall, a brick out of that dam, you know. Well, as I say, watch watch the second one. Yeah, back. The first one is on the, watching it. Yeah, yeah. The first <laughs> one is you can just about see why it was called. But the, watch the second one back. That was a bit of a random one, I thought. Uh, it went from fifty nine fifty eight to seventy seven sixty two with the Morgans and Taylor hitting threes, and that was it. Uh, Matt Morgan nineteen seven of ten shooting, and uh, Nwaba eight of twelve shooting seventeen. Uh, Ola Shani, I've got 19 down. I don't know why he would have 19 and be third written down, but might be right. Uh, Faulkner, 23. Atwood, 17 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, and Green, uh, 14 points. So the final game, Cheshire Phoenix, 96. Newcastle Eagles, 
uh, 85. Cheshire have never lost their first home game after winning the trophy. And they are seven of eight after major finals. Uh, seven of eight? Yeah, seven of eight. Seven and one, whichever way around you want. Uh, Rideau with eight in an 11-0 run out to a 13-2 lead on the way to a 23-6 lead. I actually thought Newcastle did well to hang about at that point because Cheshire were yeah, yeah, right came, on it. You came to them. They, they, they started off abysmally. Mm. Um, sorry. Just just on that, um, the um, one of my best memories actually as a fan before I was involved even as a coach. Um, so this is probably going back to Northgate, maybe 2003, 2004, something like that, when Cheshire, had, um, we played, the Eagles played, we went down and, and watched. Um, I think the week after they'd, they'd won the trophy and um, they came out, at the, I think it may have been James out in the beginning of the, you know, maybe the end of the first quarter, maybe. Or maybe maybe the end of the game they came out with the trophy and literally paraded it. You know they could they could have on a parade it around the court. I mean, mm. it's like they put it on a horse drawn carriage and had you know Charles and Camilla sat in there. You know, mm. and um um you know and and, and the whole crowds going up and you know they're a very parochial bunch at Chester. It's great fun. Used to love going there. Still used to love Elsie Port as well. Very friendly place, and um but really into it and you know and, and just mm. kind of what we are. And so um, we went, I think by chance, we were down there a couple of weeks later. So the Uta and I may have played a part in this, mm. um, decided that we'd take our own vase down there. <laughs> and at the end of it, at the end, and this is true, this is absolutely true. And at the end of the first quarter, we sent, I, can't, I don't think it was, I can't remember who did it. It might have been Nielsen, it might have been me, I can't remember. Um, one of us kind of stepped onto the just, just around the front of the bench. This is what you could do in the old style BBL. The security would have had us now yeah. in front of the fans and started waving this vase around. <laughs> in the, and the twenty or so fans went absolutely crackers. We yeah. went nuts, yeah, yeah. Hey, whatever. Yeah, no. And and some and the Cheshire guys took it great. Wow. Um, just you know, it was one of the old days. Sorry, that's just brought that memory back yeah. to me actually. The, the trophy um, used for those who don't know, the trophy used to look yeah. like a vase. It was it a did. glass. It was a piece of glass. Yeah, so yeah, we, it was, and we just brought our, you know, we took our own, I don't know how we got it into the North Gate, God knows, I can't remember the details. I, I walked through the front door, I would door probably, yeah. it wasn't yeah, hard. You <laughs> enjoyed going to the North Gate, when you got there, you couldn't get in the court until it was half five, right? Mm. And you get there, at, you couldn't get the court until half four, and, but we always, because you want to leave a bit of time, so we ended up getting there like, you know, half three, something like that, and it was generally a very cool building, because mm, yeah. you playing but not, but what I think the third time I was there, I worked out that you could go in the public gallery for the swimming pool, mm. which was kind of, you know, air con air, um, air conditioned to about 80 degrees. Mm -hmm. So then sit there for now. I'm watching people swim. Probably people think that was absolute nut that. Um, you know, so, yeah, just to stay warm. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, this game, Newcastle weren't ready for the, what was always going to be an emotional Cheshire mm. start. You know, and the part of one of my criticisms of Newcastle this year is that they haven't had the appropriate fear in relation to certain games and, and understanding what was going to happen. And um, Cheshire did exactly what they were meant to do. Rideau, really great. And um, But, you know, the first possession of this game, you know, McGill didn't know what, what time was on the shot clock. Mm. You know, they had a shot clock violation the first on an inbounds whereby there was eight seconds left. And he didn't know, right? Then the second, I think the second possession... Um, Rideau's all over him and he turns it over on the steel and it was just they were not meant no way the only guys from Newcastle who were mentally ready for that game were Defoe, Austin 
Ward Hibbert. The starters and oh. see again. Ward Hibbert, I said. But and Ward Hibbert, uh, Ward Hibbert and Del Pesce in the bench. Yeah, but there's the, the two starters. I mean, you know, Austin because it was he was playing at Cheshire. Mm. Darius because he's seen it all before because he knew, mm. right? And Darius had the first two baskets. Larry had a couple of lead layups, but the rest of them they weren't ready. And Cheshire overpowered them with their physicality and their energy, and did exactly what, to be fair, what they did to Manchester. Mm. The difference was Newcastle knew what was coming. Newcastle should have known what was coming. Newcastle had a higher talent level than Manchester. Newcastle should have been ready. Newcastle dug themselves a 17-point hole. And that was you can't do that with Cheshire. Um the I mean Rideau is the story of the season at the moment. You know, of all the teams outside of London, it's Rideau is the story of the season because he is the one who's kind of shown the the um not just the game, but the personality mm. that kind of lift his team. Um, and, and there was a reason he played lots of minutes in this game. And I get Rye's really good. Obviously, Rye is really good, no question. Mm. Um, and Rye is the the, the kind of this, without the, the stabilizing force on the team. But Rideau is the leader of the team because he's he's in everything. And and he creates contact and he's that which means he's in you he's playing physical all the time. He's looking for steals, he's always in your face. But he has this kind of um, controlled nature about him as well. Yeah, which you know means that he's you know he's he's really comfortable, and that's rare in a rookie guard in the league. I know he's not a rookie guard professionally, but that's rare. So he was the he was the um, he was the, the the protagonist. He was the catalyst for this. You know, he started and he got his dunking transition, yeah. And, he, and then they knocked down some threes. But Newcastle, I'm afraid, in the first quarter, um, you know, we've seen I think it's the third time this year they played Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and the, the Sunday games they haven't played well. Mm. And you know, probably that's when you're, you're bringing a few men down, impacts you. But at the end of the day, they are a guard oriented team, and if their guards aren't going to play, aren't going to be ready to play at the beginning of the game, they're going to struggle. Yeah. Um, Ward Hibbert with uh, with some threes. They slowly worked their way into the game in the in the second quarter. Uh, Newcastle. Oh, they actually... won the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they won the rest of the game, and they were they were up. And um, they, I mean, they did a few. They um, they did. I mean, they they, they were they were guarding. I was surprised. They were guarding Rye by sending him to his left, which really surprised me because that's where he wants to go. And I think the plan must have been to kind of. Keep him going to his left, and then have the help there, and see if he could finish over, and don't not let him come back to his right. Mm. But for me, the scout report for Rye should be: you send him right, and you don't let him come. You know, because he wants to go left. If you watch him, he wants to go left with his first dribble to spin back right. That's the play he wants to make. And if you don't take that away, he'll do a jump stop and maybe finish at the rim with it on his left side. But he rarely extends out to his left. He's always looking to spin back. And I thought the scouting on him was. You know, they didn't seem connected on that at all. There was times Ward Hibbert was sending him left and there was nobody there, giving him a straight line drive. Um, but Rye was excellent. Um, I don't think Newcastle were anywhere near disruptive enough defensively to beat Cheshire at this point. I think you have, you know, and, and, and Cheshire kind of, and Cheshire was spiral watching in Newcastle in there. And they've managed to pull themselves together and turn it around and maximize what they do mm. with their end. Sorry, I don't use that word, not with their energy, with their um, athleticism and getting what they need out of everybody. They've actually weirdly kind of been um, helped a little bit by Kristen, by 
um, by Charge Wild going down because it's put yet another wrinkle into how you guard them. Because mm. it means White is playing the five almost universally, and it means that they've all they've always got these four pure weight. They've always got they've got all these wings are playing a bit more. So whether it's you know Stevens Holden Rye, Stevens Holden Rye's going to play anyway, but Stevens Holden Kristen and Jack. In the past, you was when you had Charge Wild White on the court, you're struggling a bit to get all those guys in the game a little yeah, enough. Yeah, now yeah, you yeah. play more because because yeah, you got thirty minutes of Charge Wild to deal with, and you lose a little bit of rebounding. But you those those athletic guys can run all day, and they're actually harder to guard as a result. Mm. Um, but I mean, they won this game. I thought because Newcastle couldn't string together two or three defensive players. You guys covered it on commentary. Um, they were they weren't perfect, but they had more force of personality in their game mm. than the Eagles did, and um. You know, and a little bit more um, commitment to to being who they are than the Eagles did. And on top of that, you know, McGill, McGill, and Johnson certainly McGill didn't make any shots, and you got to make shots against Cheshire. Um, but you know, it's an unbelievable month for Cheshire. Yeah, yeah. So you know, just to just to run it through, uh, they got it down to three at the first score of the third quarter. Stevens with five in an eight-two response back to ten, and that's how it sort of patterned out. Eagles cut it to four just before the end of the quarter, and then eight in a row around the break had it to seventy-seven sixty-five, and Eagles couldn't really make another run after that. No, I mean they're giving up too many. Yeah, they they they, they did enough to stay close, and they made enough plays, and you know, and and that board Hibbert is a massive benefit for Newcastle certainly. Um, because he, he was connected to the game the whole time and you could see him talking to the guys and trying to connect them to the game. Um, but I, I think the reality is that their defence at times um, is what is letting them down to a certain degree. Um, and to be fair, Cheshire are a very, very hard team to guard and to go to Cheshire and win the Sunday after they won the Cup. Mm. We had a nice little warm up against Manchester the night before, mm. and it was a nice little warm up the night mm. before. Mm. Um, would be a tough ask, but you know, there's not, but you, you can take you, you um, if Newcastle, Sheffield, Leicester, and Bristol want to get up to Caledonia and Cheshire, they're the games they have to try and win. Yeah, yeah, right. whether they're that bothered about getting up to Caledonia and Cheshire is another thing, given the 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 structure of the season and you know what's on it um but they're the separating points at the moment so you've got mm. two teams that are 14 and eight and then a bunch of teams that are 500 and you could tell table. sorry of course uh, you're ahead of the game uh ride 21 point 28 points 11 rebounds four assists Rideau 16.6 rebounds six assists three steals uh kristen 14 and six uh austin 22 points nine rebounds four assists ward hibbert five of 11 for three for 19 points mcgill 16 points and seven rebounds and so that dave doesn't steal all of my thunder here's the league table uh london 24 and three just the 10 wins ahead of second place uh caledonia and cheshire are both at 14 and 8 leicester newcastle sheffield are all 11 and 11 bristol are one game below 500 at 11 and 12 then a bit of a gap to surrey in in eighth spot uh who are 8 and 15 and manchester is 7 and 18 and plymouth 4 and 18 yeah i mean yeah i have to say this is the final part of the the emperor's new clothes thing pretty unenthused about the next two months to be honest um i know that i don't imagine the leagues are bothered about it either because we're, we're already promoting the heck out of the all-star game 
Um, it's just, I think there's going to be a lot of um, not mediocre is the wrong word, but a lot of very similar basketball. Mm. You know, um, and, and teams are going to try and get a a rhythm to try and get them up to the end of the season playing well and all of that stuff. And, you know, health is going to come into it, of course. Um, and some teams will be up and some teams will be down. But, you know, there's basically nothing to play for other than maybe Surrey trying to squeeze in. Maybe, maybe you know, Sheffield, Bristol, Newcastle avoiding themselves, dropping back down into that kind of that spot. Um, it's, yeah, it's... Again, kind of two years ago, you know, how does the league manage the disparity between the Lions and everybody else while promoting both? I don't think they've done a very good job. I think the um the reality of is it, the reality of it is that there is still you know, a competitive imbalance issue and that that issue is going to play out over the next two months when we have to watch all the games, I'm afraid. And you have to commentate on them and you have to make them sound interesting in the battle for fifth. Well, yeah. I don't think anybody's battling to finish fifth. No, Maybe I the think battle for sixth. The battle for sixth. <laughs> I'm not sure fifth is where people are aiming to get yeah. to. You know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, so, yeah. yeah. So Dave selling selling next week's Sunday night breakdown, which will be excellent. We'll be talking about lots. I can't of wait. Other... To be honest, I'm really looking forward to the All Star game. I get a week off. The the, <laughs> the um. Oh, please tell me you've got the comedy gig on the All Star game. I really want you just to do. I want you just to commentate in your normal. Quiet draw, un un um unhyped way. <laughs> I've done I've done all star games before. And there's another dunk. I did I did the one ninety whatever it was to one. If you're stopping game, yeah, yeah. yeah, I sat and watched that. Jesus, yeah. not again. Yeah. One hundred eighty-one to couldn't even. How can a team score one hundred and forty-two points and lose by fifty? <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened in that game. It was like 191 to 142. It was uh, it, it was a victory for the uh nighttime economy. It was a globe <laughs> it, it was globe trotters vinous of laughs. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, but no, yeah, it's it, it's tough. I I just hope that at some point in time there is some actual analysis going on of what is working and what is not. And it's, it, at the moment, the impression is everything is reactive at the moment. And the problem is, is that, uh, that, that the person who ends up kind of being the canary in the coal mine, which is me saying, complaining about all this stuff, which has never happened, is the twisty one who's whinging and who is bringing mm. everything down. Mm. And it's meant from a good place. Mm. You know, let's not just accept that, you know, you know, putting Manchester and Plymouth and, you know, Cal Plymouth, I go to Caledonia on a Thursday night as well, you know. Mm. Let's not accept that, you know, putting Manchester in Plymouth on, the, on a Thursday night in, in the National Basketball Performance Centre with 150 people there, one of whom appears to be spoiling for a fight, is a good idea. Mm. It's not working. So how about let's, let's be proactive and actually look at the schedule and say, look, if it means Manchester v Plymouth isn't on television, but there's a thousand, there's 1,200 people in the gym on a Saturday and it's going up against somebody else, do it. You know, you know, YouTube is not going to break because Manchester v Plymouth is not being, is not being shown. And it makes it hard to do Sunday night breakdown to be fair. But yeah. It, oh yeah, well of course it does. I get that. But these are decisions that have to be taken. You know, we, it's fine putting a course and saying this is what we're going to do. We think this is going to work. 
right? But when you've got incontrovertible evidence, and Thursday night was incontrovertible evidence that it is not working, then, then you have to be um, mobile enough and nimble enough to change course. You know, you can't keep sailing towards a bloody iceberg. Um, and then to a certain degree, no one at Manchester is going to be kicking up a fuss because then the day the league's running them. But if I'm the rest of the league, the owners who are putting probably, I don't know if I'm putting a few quid at the Manchester to keep it running or not, I'm going to be saying, well, what's the point in this? We've got 150 people in the gym for a game. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't, it doesn't need to be that way. So I'm afraid that whilst it's opened up kind of, it might have opened up markets and spacing elsewhere, and they've probably already sold all the slots in America for these Thursday night games. Um, what we saw on Thursday night was a net negative as opposed to a net positive. And, if, and you're better off not having it at all than having what we had on Thursday night. Um, and unfortunately, it was exemplified and magnified by the incident afterwards, which, as I say, they got very, they're very lucky it did not go viral. Because at the moment, that because at one point, that was the, that was odds on to be the first BBL clip on Centre this season. Mm. And it wouldn't have been for the right reasons. Um, so we got to get the, you know, we got to just push the content just a little bit to one side and sort out the nuts and bolts of running a safe, accessible, profitable league. That's my there you go, my two. There points. we go. He's had, go. he's had a double rant on that one today. Double rant, yeah. So what's the? Uh, I know it's. I know you've got to go now, Dave. I don't know where are you. Where are you are? You're off. Yeah, we got Donchich tonight. Oh, Donchich! Yeah. Oh, the Mavericks. Donchich is in town tonight. There you go. So I got Donchich in town tonight. Then Curry in town with the Warriors on Wednesday. Then I'm on a flight home on Thursday night. Nice. Back for Friday morning. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. It should be. Should be cool. The sun's shining. I might. I might end up going for a little walk. Um, you know, take my um. You know, I'm a British abroad type thing, you know. You know, nice. um, you hanky and, on and hanky on your head and all of that sort of malarkey. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe nice. a fedora, or a, you know, or a, or, a, or a kind of one of those Ben Stokes bucket hats. Um, who knows? But um, no, it's it's canny. Yeah, it really is. Back in uh, time for London Sheffield. Back in time for London Sheffield. Oh, thank you. And Leicester Plymouth. Oh, no, that's oh, the following no. night. Sorry, that's the following. I mean, night. what about make it 85 consecutive games without losses against Leicester? I didn't mention it. We, we have to contractually obliged to mention Leicester's record against Surrey when they beat them. I think it's 41. I think it's 41 now. We sorry, just failed. Sorry, sorry. I think Plymouth is 44. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think Plymouth is about the same. 44, I think Plymouth is. I think. Yeah, those, I mean, to be fair, Newcastle Caledonia should be quite good because they've only played each other once all season. Hmm. So that actually, actually makes it quite quite a game I'm quite interested in watching because it's also a contrast of styles. But um no that's to Plymouth, sorry, London um London Sheffield. My my appetite is not overly wetted. Oh come um, on Dave, you're killing the audience now. Right, we're going, <laughs> we're going, we're, we're going, we're going. Dave conscious. will be back. It'll be I'm conscious of the joys of spring next week. I am absolutely <laughs> conscious that anybody still listening to this is a masochist and they do not want <laughs> they have no interest in being Kind of buttressed up by by false bon homie. They don't want it. <laughs> they want to listen. They, you know, we're, we're we're right at the dog end. They're probably the longest one we've ever done, yeah. right? And they're only listening because they're, because they're ready to kill themselves or jump off a yeah. jump off a bridge or so something. Before anybody does that, we're going to wrap this don't up. Do don't we're, do we're, that. We're, don't do we're, that. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be a bon homie free zone again next Sunday night. But thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>